0: Shall we begin?
1: Let's begin now. Hi, I am Cynthia Cooper, named to the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Dishin and Swishing.
0: Hi everybody, it's David Siegel, welcoming you back to the Dishin and Swishing Podcast. And we have a very special guest for you this week, a person who is getting a big honoring ceremony at Madison Square Garden, well-deserved, a person who has been a leader in the community and in the WNBA, and that, of course, is Swin Cash, and it's a pleasure to welcome Swin back to the podcast. Swin, how are you?
1: Doing well, thank you.
0: So, so Swin, you know, one thing that I know is, you know, for over the years and getting to know you and talk to you, you're not a real big attention seeker when it comes to personal praise, so... All of these ceremonies and all of this, you know, talk about honoring you, you know, how's that sitting with you? Are you getting used to it yet? Uh, you feeling a little overappreciated or what?
1: <laughs> oh, you know Leo we too well. Um, you know, I, um it's just really funny because I'm very outgoing and, uh, people see me on television, but when it comes to my own personal stuff, I am, I'm a little shy and, uh, more reserved and so, uh, it's been overwhelming a little bit just because uh, you feel love, you feel all of the appreciation and people really coming in. And uh, I just think tomorrow's ceremony is really going to be about all those people and less about me and really about all the people that have contributed and helped me get to where I am today. So I, I'm definitely going to make sure I celebrate them.
0: Well, you know, being honored is one of the 20 greatest greatest this year. You know, three WNBA championships, two gold medals, two NCAA championships, and probably the biggest achievement that you have is the success of Cash for Kids and the way that you have given back to the communities in the various places where you've played and grown up, of course. Uh, just talk for a second about what all of that. When you look back at all of that, where does it all fit into, you know, where, where you see yourself in life?
1: Um, I, you know, I always thought it out. Everything that I did is from a really young age. I just saw how hard my mom worked, and I always wanted to make her proud. And in, in every everything that I did, whether it was sports, whether it was in school, um, whether it was giving back to the community, and I really feel like all the things that I've been able to achieve uh, come together as part of um, a bigger picture. That things are just bigger than me. Cash for Kids is something that. I knew I wanted to be a part of an organization uh, because I come from humble beginnings. And so to be able to work with young kids over a decade and really try to inspire them and motivate them um, to achieve their goals is something that I know uh, for my mom and my family and I is so important uh, to use my platform. And so, you know, that that's something that's always near and dear to my heart, and I can keep I'll continue to keep moving forward with that. I think from a basketball standpoint, I mean, it's just a blessing. I, I love this game so much. I love to compete. Um, I love when people tell you you can't do something in a, uh, to go out and do it anyway. I mean, I just have that drive and that winning edge and that mentality has always been a staple of mine. And so I, I, I'm happy about the success I had on the court, but like you said, it really has to mirror um, the success and the impact that I've tried to have off the court.
0: You know championships you know in detroit seattle trying to get one now in new york so so just to put you on the spot if the women's basketball hall of fame had it had like they talk about the guys wearing the caps in the, in cooperstown for baseball what jersey would you put on your
1: plaques <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a unique question um but i would have to say you know for me I, i've really come full circle you look at the people i have around me and where i started my career and to have certain people in place that um, have brought it back, I, I really hope that we can win a championship this year for New York. And and I think if I was to go into the Hall of Fame, would probably be as a New York Liberty player.
0: Let's let's talk about the team then. You know, perfect segue. You know, well, you, you know, I'm used to that type of stuff from you with your broadcasting. Uh, so let's talk about this year's team. You know, when I saw Tina win the Most Valuable Player here in Connecticut, I, did, I thought that was about as good as she could possibly get. She has elevated her game that much more this year and, and really is just such a dynamic talent and it's really been amazing to see.
1: Uh, it has been. I think for me, when I first got here, um, was the same year they traded and got Tina and I remember talking to her and having conversations, and really saying, you know what, she has all the talent in the world, um, but she's gonna have to find her voice. And I knew that, you know, she was gonna be the franchise player. I I could see what she was bringing on the court, but you know, I felt part of my job was to help her figure out how do you have your voice, how do you lead um, in a way that other players are gonna follow, and to really see how she's evolved in this year, her game has um, definitely continued to grow, but her leadership is probably the biggest thing that I'm proud of her um, for is because she's been challenged. Um, I look at how Tanisha challenged her. I look at how I challenged her in different ways, and she stepped up to every single one of them, and so you know, I know that she longs for a championship, and she wants to do it here in her home city, uh, especially a kid that went to New York Liberty Games early on in her career, and to, to really have players and a team around her, she feels like she can get it done. So, I know right now, and it may be the end of my career, but I'm going to do everything humanly possible that I can physically do and um, mentally whatever it is that they need to to try to help her achieve that this year.
0: You talk about Tina being a leader and the way that you've helped pull that out of her. You know, The Tina that I knew from UConn days and in Connecticut would not have been the Tina that stepped up and really stepped out and put herself out there with the Black Lives Matter movement and the WNBA getting behind that. Uh, I think that shows a lot, like you're saying, about the development of people and the way that you guys have stepped up and taken on such a social responsibility. I think it's tremendous.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I look at Tina Charles as one of those kind of um, transcending athletes where – She's learning how to use her platform, not only through her foundation with Hopi's Heart and finding her voice and her, her passion and purpose there, but also um, how to use, utilize this platform of sports. And a lot of times uh, with female athletes, because our platform may not be as big as people want it to be mainstream as, as the men at times, you still have a platform. And Tina's done an excellent job of embracing that. And it also comes with... Um, Having, I feel like solid people around you. I feel like the New York organization has really supported not only Tina but the whole team as far as um, having their own voice and finding out what their purpose is and understanding what New York stands for. And so I think that's why you you see this emergence of Tina Charles as not only being uh, a great athlete but an, an activist, um, being uh, someone that's philanthropic. And so for me to sit back, we're talking about into my career, to sit back and see, hey, here's a young talent that's the future of our league and look at what she's going. I mean, it makes me feel... And I hate to say it, damn proud. And so I'm excited for not only Tina Charles, but all the other young women that are embracing the platform, embracing the brand and understanding what they have to do to take this torch and move it forward.
0: You know, one thing that, you know, has me a little bit sad is that, you know, with everything, with every all the scramble to get back to the games after the Olympics, you know, and now Colin Kaepernick stepping up the way that he has, it seems that what the WNBA players did to an extent has fallen by the wayside in the public eye. Uh, what can be done in a short period of time that's left in the season to reinforce that activism? Uh, or is that something at this point that you know, you're all, fo- now, granted you're all focusing on trying to get to the playoffs and get that done, and that's the primary goal right now. Is that something that you know you'll look to help as the, after the season, or you know what you know what do you think should or could be done to continue to keep the WNBA in the eye as in in the public's eye as activists?
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is um, a lot of times there's the a uh, protest and then there's the action that uh, that follows and what are you going to do to follow up? And I think, um, as from a union standpoint, as you know, <laughs> I am uh, also with Tanika catchings and with you know Neca and with Jane and with um, Tanisha Wright, we're all on the executive committee for the union. And so, being the vice president with the union, we have stayed committed to um, keeping communication with our players and with the league. And our next steps, um, you'll see rolling out over the next week, week to two weeks of things that we are doing. Um, sometimes you just can't continue to stay only with the protest. You have to say, okay, what are we doing on a grassroots level? What actions are we taking to try to help the community or to bring more awareness to it? So that's the phase that we're in right now. If something else presents itself or we have to take a stand as a united front, um, as far as the players and the the union goes, we'll, we'll look at that. But right now for us, Um, We are doing things, it's just that they aren't being publicized, and so it's time to make sure um, that everyone knows what direction we're going in, but we have had, you know, lengthy conversations. We are also reaching out. We have um, things that will be rolling out, and um, you definitely can learn more about that if you want to reach out to Terry Jackson, who's the Director of Operations for our union, but uh, make no mistake, the ladies over the, the, over the Olympic break have stayed active and stayed engaged on what um, we need to do as a whole.
0: Outstanding. That's great to hear. That's certainly great to hear. Uh, all right, Swin, so we're nearing the end, so so tell me. A couple of quick questions. Best teammate, who was your favorite player to play with? And I'll include UConn in those days. <laughs>
1: Damn, oh, my goodness. That's, that's a very hard question. I mean, I had so many... Um, So many different teammates that I love. That's part of the game that I love. I I really can't just pinpoint one player, but I can tell you, um, I don't know, I've 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 made some great friends along the way. Obviously, from my UConn days, I'm still as close as ever with um, uh, Tamika Jeter now. It used to be Tamika Williams and, you know, Aja Jones and Sue Bird. I mean, we're thick as Steve as far as – Our college days and moving on past that. And I think, um, even my Detroit days, just being around, uh, different players in Detroit, and like a Bart Ferris, and you look at, um, Nolan. I mean, those were some really gory days, especially in my, my younger, early 20s. And then I look to Seattle and I think about, you know, we won a championship there and, and we still go by kind of our, our group, our group name we have for each other. But I look at Sue, Lauren, LaCole uh, Willingham, Ashley Robinson, Tanisha Wright, LaCole—I mean, uh, Camille Little—I mean, all of us have have kept in contact, and we have a tight knit group there because something we did in 2010 was so special for the city of Seattle. And so, I don't think about just having one of the best teammates. I think about how many friendships I made along the way. I think about, you know, how close you know Tina Thompson and I are, and how that that really formed from her mentoring and being there for me on the Olympic teams and um, just really kind of being that, that mentor and that, that figure for me even though we didn't play in the WNBA together still through UFA basketball we were always close and Pinachero. I mean to see some of those people coming out tomorrow is going to be awesome.
0: Toughest, toughest defender against you?
1: Toughest defender I would have to say Kets. Uh, I mean I love our days going up against Indiana um, we were one of those two that we could beat each other up on the court and then go have dinner, uh, after the game and not think twice about it. If she had a, if she had a bruise or a black eye and I had one or whatever, it was like, hey, I have it on the court. Let's keep it moving. Um, and that's what I loved about it. That's why I love competing against her and I love playing against her.
0: That's great. And I'll, I'll, re- I'll refrain from asking about favorite coaches because we don't want to get into, we don't want Gino and, or, or Bill to get involved in this discussion. <laughs>
1: Uh, you know what, I can just say that each coach that I've played for, um, has pushed me in a way. Um and, and and I thank them for that. Um I've I've won championships and moved along and, and everyone's contributed at some point along the way.
0: Well, Swin, you know, congratulations on everything. You've become one hell of a role model for people. You know thank you the so league the league is gonna miss you as a player. We're certainly gonna all benefit from you as spending more time on the air and as an activist and I just wish you the best. Really wish you really want you to enjoy tomorrow. You deserve it.
1: Alright, thank you so much. Appreciate it.